Welcome to The Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Scott, with Compassion International. The Word of God is filled with the voices of mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives. Each of their stories shows us different sides of God's kindness, love, and faithfulness, and how that faithfulness is just as active and present today as it was thousands of years ago. The Faithful Project is a gathering of female poets, songwriters, authors, and storytellers, creating a space for them to dive into the stories of the ancient and mysterious women of the Word and to learn and share about their own stories in the process. We are so glad you've joined us today as we speak of what we've seen. On today's episode, we sit down with singer-songwriters Jenny Owens and Sandra McCracken, as well as writer and speaker Trillian Newbell, to take a deeper look at the story of Paul and the slave girl in the book of Acts. They discuss how God is faithful to us through redemption, how relationships are the foundation of faith, and they even share some unexpected moments where the Lord's faithfulness has shined through. Let's dig in. Well, hello, my friends. Hi. Hello. <laughs> this is fun. We were talking but that we just wanted to sit and just chat, but we get yeah. to now chat on a podcast. So that's fun. That's that is fun. fun. Yes. That's fun. So excited. About biblical characters, which is also fun. Yes, yes. it is. So what, one of the first things that they asked us is that we would just introduce ourselves. So I'll start since I'm talking. My name is Trillian Newbell, and I am a writer and speaker, and I'm actually an acquisitions editor at Moody Publishers, which is mm-hmm. a lot of fun to get to... Find other authors and um, publish them that happened this summer, which is great. And congrats. Yes, yeah, that's really great. It's so fun. And I am a mother of two and a wife of one. And I'm really excited to talk today about um, this conversation we're going to have about the slave girl and the spirit cast out. So, whoever wants to go next, go. That's awesome. Go ahead, Jenny. All right, I'm Jenny Owens, and I am the wife and mother of zero. And <laughs> I'm uh, a what am I? I'm a um, musician, artist, and author, I guess. And uh, really excited to be getting to hang out with you, lovely ladies, today. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra McCracken, and um, it is yeah, it is such a joy to get to do this together, and to. Um, especially during this time when we don't get a lot of time in one place and we all mm. live in different places. And yeah. um, just to rally around these stories of these women um, is really just so special. So, yeah, and I live here in Nashville with my husband and three kids. So um, it's even more fun to just kind of have some time away to to, um, to just really dig in and enjoy this together. So thanks. Do you want Trilly and I to like pretend fight so that you have to break <laughs> yes. up a little kid's like, oh, I'll, make you like, I'll make you like just a peanut like butter kid animation in the room. Yeah. I'll make you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And yeah, totally. <laughs> feel just right at home. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, today we are talking about the slave girl. And it's interesting. I think one of the reasons we are talking about it is because we got to write about her yeah. and, and we wrote really, it was kind of a, more about hope. It felt, mm-hmm. doesn't, don't yeah. you think like the, the song, song? Yeah. The song is called call upon him. Yeah. So, and it can't, it came so out good. of a conversation around this story 
Um, but I think it's one, man, it's one I've been thinking about a lot since then. So mm-hmm. it seems to, I think in this season in particular too. Roots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So for those who do not know, it's kind of a story that's tucked away in the, in Acts, the book mm-hmm. of Acts and it's Acts 16. So if you ever want to look it up, um, 16 through 24. And <laughs> the story is kind of interesting because it's a slave girl who ends up following Paul and Silas around yeah, and Paul gets annoyed and casts out the spirit. So yeah. she's a sorcerer. She tells the future and, and she's also a slave girl, but after he casts it out, her owners decide that she is no, no longer worthy to them and they kind of cast her aside. And so it's an interesting story of how the Lord, one, he redeems like the, the, the I, I believe it's written that she received some kind of power after and how Paul um, cast it out and she receives power. And then it says, because losing their means of profit, her owners brought Paul and Silas before the magistrate who had them flogged and jailed. So in some way there was a, I don't know if sacrifice is the right word, but Mm. this power that, that they displayed for the slave girl um, they suffered for it greatly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, who is a redeemer, redeemed her. So this is, I don't know, it's such an interesting story mm-hmm. in the middle of Acts. But yeah. my question for you guys is, what does it mean to you when you've read this story and how have you, um, I guess, been moved by it? Well, it's it's one of those that, um, like many other places in the scripture where it gives you pause because it's not a tidy buttoned up story. (laughs) And we don't really know why certain things were included or why they weren't. Or, you know, when you look into the gospels and the early church and all the things that were going on at the time, all the formation that was happening. um, I I love the human element of Paul being annoyed and Mm -hmm. that he's literally ministering in spite of himself and his own irritations. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. just like, okay, all right. You know, and I think <laughs> thinking about the ways. And there are other parts, like there are other places in the Gospels where someone will, will um, where there's tenacity, where someone will plead for Jesus to heal. Yeah. And they keep mm-hmm. coming back. And the reason they're healed is because they were they had the faith to believe that he could do that. Like the woman that touches his garment, you know, yeah. because she's been bleeding for 12 years mm-hmm. and she's healed. And Jesus looks her in the face and calls her by name and encounters. Like she can't just sneak off. So it's another, it's like just a moment where there's, there's somehow, the, you know, in the gospel writings, this story has been brought out that sh- that she would be honored, yeah, and mm-hmm. dignified. Yes, yeah. yes. I think there is some kind of dignifying in this, and mm-hmm. she too, she's following them. And it, the scriptures say these men. Um, she's fo- she followed Paul and us, crying out. These men are servants of the Most High, who mm-hmm. proclaim um, to you the way of salvation. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so she's. I, I don't know if I'd be interesting to know if if she understood fully what she was saying mm-hmm. or if it was an evil spirit, but whatever it was, she mm-hmm. was it's almost like this really interesting truth. Yeah. Well, two things strike me kind of dovetailing off what you guys are talking about. One is so the context of this is this would be the Philippian church. And so 
Um, you guys probably remember Lydia, the fashionista, mm-hmm. who had recently in this chapter also been converted. And so she's like a very wealthy woman, right? And she deals in purple cloth. So she has this whole other life. Mm-hmm. And so now you have this slave girl who's confront who's converted mm-hmm. and changed. And so you have this beauty, and, and then you'll have the jailer when Paul and yep. Silas are in jail. And so the jailer and his family are converted. You have all these people from all these different class backgrounds that come together. Uh, Because in Jesus, there's no class. You know, everyone is together. Everyone is one. And the other thing that I love in this passage is the idea... Um, well, I think this is true, and but I'd love to hear what you guys think is that in a sense, we're all enslaved to something. So the slave girl shows us this very simply. At first, she's a slave to her master, her masters, but then she gets to be a slave to Jesus. And Paul, of mm. course, we see that Paul and Silas are slaves to Jesus, even in this, um, like they, are, they mm. are called to do what he says and speak what he speaks. And so they do that. Um, so that mm-hmm. kind of reminds me and, and kind of moves me too to just think, you know, maybe we're not all owned by masters that um, tell us what to say and we're not sorcerers and things like that. But yeah. we have things that we love and that we uh, believe so much in and that kind of uh, like one of my um I remember a professor of mine one time saying, you know, the things that you dream about and the things that you have nightmares about, those are probably your idols, you know? (laughs) But you know, we all all have those things that we kind of live in servanthood to. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. Paul and Silas are showing us that, that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is the one that they're listening to. Mm -hmm. And then we're seeing in the slave girl, the the same, that she's going from listening to her masters to listening to the voice of God, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. That is so good. You said two things. That's really profound. Yeah. One is you can't read scripture out of context. So in the context, it's so much better, so so much more beautiful. And so we, we, plucked this story because we're supposed to be talking about the slave girl in the middle of something that God is doing mm-hmm. re- redemption th- and showing through through three different people in very different scenarios, rich, yes. um, a magistrate, someone who's in a, a, a jailer. And then yeah. this poor, you know, a, a slave girl. Mm-hmm. And, and so praise God, even in this room, though people can't see us, I'm an African-American woman who, grew up in a poor area. I have no idea how y'all grew up, Mm -hmm. but we've got white with blonde hair and white with brown hair. (laughs) And a stick. (laughs) And and I guess my biggest point is that God, he is um, so good to... to, that he would redeem people, all people, Mm -hmm. um, from every tribe, tongue, and Mm -hmm. nation and background and... um, station, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. he's a redeemer. He does Mm -hmm. good things to (laughs) undeserving people from all of all kinds. Of all kinds. <laughs> and it gives us each our own experiences that we can through which we can teach each other. You yes. Know? I yeah. think that's also the beautiful thing. Like we all come from places where we learn things that that we can pass mm-hmm. on and learn how to love in ways that we can hopefully pass on to other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Another thing that you said that was true is that she was slave to her slaves. Right. That was such a good and then became a slave to Christ. But mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there is there's all of us have been gripped by something. So right. she was gripped by this evil spirit or whatever it was. I know I've been gripped by fear. Mm. That would be, that is probably my biggest, if, I mean, mm. all my sins are big, but, 
<laughs> one habitual <laughs> one. One habitual one oh, man. is that I have to fight fear all of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, fear of the unknown and COVID really mm-hmm. brought it out. Um, I, I remember in March, I've never struggled with panic attacks or any kind of panicky. Mm-hmm. I usually have been able to... Sp- Mm-hmm. But what I realized is that I have been very comfortable <laughs> mm-hmm. and I thought I trusted the Lord, but what I trusted in was the habit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, though I don't know what tomorrow brings, I kind of know in my head, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as when COVID hit and everything stopped and I didn't know if my kids were going to school and I didn't know, I was like, All right, am I about to die? What's going on mm-hmm. here? I experienced a unique anxiety that was a gift from the Lord that I've never experienced before mm. that brought me to him in such a unique way this over the summer of um, when this first happened mm-hmm. Um, mm. because I, I had to trust every minute to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced miscarriages, four miscarriages, and mm-hmm. I have never, I don't remember experiencing that kind of panicky anxiety that I did this summer. Mm -hmm. And so it was such a good reminder that to trust in the Lord, that, that comfort is an idol of of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I have had to be stripped of it in order to be, to really trust the Lord. And it Mm -hmm. was a freeing, Mm -hmm. it was freeing, like as in no longer slave to that sin, a free freedom Mm -hmm. that I've experienced since then. Um, but it was hard. Yeah. Anyone else? Yesterday I was looking at the book of Joel and the, you know, do you remember the story with the locusts and the locusts come in and there's this chapter where maybe four or five times, like the Lord keeps saying, okay, I took these things away yet. You did not return to me. You still did not return to me. And Mm -hmm. he keeps saying like, I'm, I'm basically withholding so that I can, so that you will come to me and I can pour out. Mm -hmm. And, and then when I look back at times in my life where sometimes that at the time felt really painful, Mm -hmm. when I look back, I actually realized there was like an intimacy with God. That's, that is still accessible to me now, but I can see it in retrospect where it's like, Oh, I was like clinging to him because Mm -hmm. I needed to know Mm -hmm. that he was going to provide that next day or that next hour or whatever that was, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think it was also freeing to hear that and to think like, Oh, that's, that's what we do. We, yeah. we return to the Lord um, and out, we come out of that enslavement of like looking to everything else and mm-hmm. then find that he is such a provider, like an abundant provider and our only really one provider for our whole lives. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like there are lots yeah. of other sources of things that, you know, yeah. nourish us and give us life, but he is the one. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that reminds me of just, there was a season in my life a few years ago where I, we were on Christmas tour doing Christmas shows and I started losing the top of my voice, which is never good for a singer. And I remember yeah, seeing this one vocal therapist who was like, oh, you may never sing the same way again. There's oh. this, you have this dysgraphia thing or disc, oh. dysphonia, dysphonia. That's what it was, not dysgraphia. It's, I don't know anything. She was like, oh, you might have to have a shot in your vocal cords. And it was quite a deal. And yeah. none of that ever happened. And it's it's okay now is the end of the story. But, but right after that, as I was doing some work to try to get my voice back or figure out if it could come back, I also found out I had a big, like, um, tumor in my abdomen that they were going to have to mm-hmm. remove before they could figure out if it was cancer or not. And it was 
terrifying, all of it. And it just felt like everything I knew, mm-hmm. like life that I thought would last a long, much longer time. And, you know, even my voice, which sort of helps, you know, pay the rent. Yeah, it was all, it oh. was all gone. And I was oh. like, oh man, this is hard. Lord, where are you? But mm-hmm. I remember it was in some simple things like mm-hmm. friends being willing to my, my birthday happened right before the surgery, like a week before. So my friends took me to Whole Foods for dinner because I was sure that eating healthy was going to just make everything all better. And, you know, just simple things like yeah. friends calling to pray and just be like, how are you feeling about everything? And, um, you know, just those, the, the steadiness of, of the companionship and the community that God put around me was, um, was enough to kind of challenge me to, to move toward him and to, to say, you know, to hear him saying, you know, I really am the one who has you and and I want you to be, you know, I want you to serve me. I want you to rest everything, um, in me, you know? So yeah, that was, um, that was a, a big turning point for me. Hey, this is Eiler with the Faithful Project. I had a baby in September And the months after she was born, I really struggled with taking care of myself. Sometimes it feels like I spend all my waking hours making sure she's okay before I'm able to think about what I need. But I've learned that if I don't spend time taking care of my mental health, I'm not able to take care of her well. And if you have children or not, you know that sometimes we'll drop anything to help someone we care about. But we don't often give ourselves the same treatment. Therapy played an important role in my understanding that if I don't take care of myself and my mental health, I can't take care of others. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and faithful project listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash faithfulproject. That's B-E-T-T-E-R H-E-L-P dot com slash faithful project. I would like to say thank you. Thank you so much to my sponsor, Jeff and Bonnie Mori. We are Jeff and Bonnie Mori, and we had the opportunity to sponsor Nora over 20 some years ago. It's not just us. It's a whole team. It's a whole army of people that God mobilizes in order to affect change in the life of a child. I hope I see you one day. I love you so much, wherever you are. How about today? To see the rest of Nora's amazing story, visit Faithful's YouTube page and our socials at Faithful Project. The links are in the show notes. That was a, a big turning point for me. Okay, but truly, I have this yes. question for you. Okay. And I actually want to ask both of you this, but like... One of the things that I think about, because I have I love Philippians so much, and so I've I've studied about these guys 
quite a bit. And I love how, you know, um, they're such a united body as they, as they do emerge, even though they're from all these different places as they come together. And, you know, Paul sings to them about being content, even when they are being martyred and even when they're facing harassment and he, he sings to them about not grumbling and complaining and all these things. So one of the things though, that I think about that's really hard in the Christian church is learning to see each other the same and love and embrace each other. And so like, I know my experience as a blind person is church is, is often one of the hardest places, most unfriendly places to go. You know, people are just scared of me, like, cause they're just like, Oh gosh, like I got to get out of her way. (laughs) Jesus has not fixed her yet, you know? And so I think about that with, with the slave girl and think like, you know, some of these people probably knew she had been demon possessed and did they stay out of her way? So what I would love to hear too is, you know, as a beautiful African-American lady, how do, how do you feel about that? And are there things in the church that break your heart as far as the way that people treat each other? And, and also, what, what are some things that we could encourage the church with in, in that? Well, that was, that is, yeah, that just, <laughs> we're like, um, it breaks my heart to know that, one, that's your experience, but I also know it in different ways. Um, and, and so I really think we, we have not been a good at confession Mm -hmm. and repentance. Right. And so that's, that's, that's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead. We haven't been good at the commandment to love Mm -hmm. God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and Mm -hmm. to love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we could ask God, what does that really mean? then we won't be afraid of each other and we would we will love each other mm-hmm. and we will see each other for how God has made us. And mm-hmm. so I have felt um, very isolated mm-hmm. and um, I feel very welcomed and loved in this circle with mm-hmm. my friends here, but mm-hmm. I'm always the one. I'm always, I'm very much usually the one Black person or the one mm-hmm. in every context mm-hmm. that I'm in. And so there is a sort of, I, I feel that interestingly with myself, people who are not sure what to say or, or how to even approach me sometimes, um, it's, or, or talking in a certain way, thinking that I communicate in a kind of, not to be funny, but slang, or I don't know, it's very bizarre. So, <laughs> so I get lots of things, um, but but so what I would encourage the church is to look at the word of God and what, mm-hmm. how, what he, how he's commanded us to love our neighbor as mm-hmm. ourselves. If we got to start there and then we've got to confess where we have failed because mm-hmm. we all have in some way, mm-hmm. but confess it before the Lord and repent. He says, mm-hmm. if, um, if we confess, if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive mm-hmm. us and to purify us. First John one nine. So if we confess, he's faithful to forgive mm-hmm. us. So we can, we can say, I have been biased. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have been, um, I have had racial pride. I have othered people and, mm-hmm. and caused them to feel isolated or like they're not my brother or like they're still their sin. Like the demon possessed you always, always identifying mm-hmm. someone as by, by that sin that they have been forgiven of mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. you name it. Um, 
uh, we need to kind of press in. Okay. So after we do all that, we need to have real relationships with Mm -hmm. people. I really do believe relationships, they don't solve everything, but they do help. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, it helps. So that when you're engaged with someone who doesn't look like you or speak like you or think like you, you're going to engage differently if you've have a deep relationship, a meaningful relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a lot, <laughs> but I do that's think good. that that's, that's a very good, good um, some good insight. I wonder how the slave girl was treated when mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. came into the body and by hopefully people loved her, but mm-hmm. we know from James and all or other scriptures that we, People were partial, the sin right. of partiality. People, mm-hmm. people continue to struggle and divide in the first mm-hmm. century, just as they do today. Mm-hmm. So we need the mercy and grace of God in order to do this and to do it well. And, mm-hmm. um, yes. yeah. And repentance. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think Same. the, going back to the passage and in, in light of what you guys are saying, relationship listening like mm-hmm. here like taking a moment to like self-forgetfulness is a big part of it mm-hmm. like forgetting that yeah. and 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 the listening that's part of that but i think what when we were working on a song around this passage it's a tricky it was we sat down we're like okay yeah. what, what's the what what are we hearing what's the resonance here and we focused like the meditation was really on lifting up the name of jesus because yes. that's mm-hmm. what you see is like so if we are all attentive to self-forgetfulness to each other, mm-hmm. um, what we lift up instead is the name of Jesus. And that right. at the center point, if he is higher, um, everything has, there is no hierarchy with us. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he is high. And right. then we um, are able to truly collaborate. And even talking with you guys, like just realizing like the priesthood of being sisters and yeah. sharing, like we're not coming at this from, you know, like experts. this is not, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is not about being theological experts. It's about right. being, um, being born of the spirit and mm-hmm. being brought into a family, mm-hmm. not because we're the same or because we, you know, not because of any prerequisite whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that center point of like Jesus being lifted up even, and I don't know how all that works in this passage, but even in the way she's telling the truth before she's, I mean, there's just yeah. all this declaration going on. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that realigns everything else for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're exactly right. Even yeah. when we put it in the context of God redeeming people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lydia saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so all these different yeah. kinds yeah. of people. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're exactly right. Which is the context of the scriptures mm-hmm. that God has lifted up. And mm-hmm. and so it makes complete and total sense that we would land there yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just really encouraging. I have one last question and then I think okay. we could probably wrap it up. <laughs> um, Sandra, you made a point early on that was really good. And we just kind of skipped over it. <laughs> you were talking about how, I think it was you, how... Um, Paul was annoyed. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was annoyed, and yet he 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 then and and some scholars believe that he was annoyed because they he didn't want people to think she was one of them. So that mm-hmm. so he annoys and he casts it out, and uh, which is so huh. funny to me. But regardless, you said, and I think it's right that so often we can be annoyed and we don't want to reach out or tell the truth or speak truth in love. Or we're just like. Ah. <laughs> 
And so, and it made me think of a time I was sitting on an airplane and you know, when you're on an airplane, sometimes you engage <laughs> and then other times you just check out. You're like, right. put your headphones in. Yes. Yep. And so I put my headphones in and I was ready to check out. <laughs> but then this older man, and he was probably, I, he told me his age. I can't remember. I took like 70 something. Maybe 76. He poked me. <laughs> and so oh, wow. I was like, and I think I read, so I was reading, I don't remember what it, and he, he wanted to have a conversation. So I started having this conversation, but I was 100% annoyed. <laughs> I was like, I want to just not do what you're talking. I actually audibly in my head, not audibly, but said, Lord, I really don't want to, but I, 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 I think... I'm supposed to talk to him. I don't want to, but I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so by the end of the conversation, I find out he has been, I can't remember, maybe a Buddhist. I can't remember what he is, but he was in the church and was completely burnt. Mm. And he, he, we had a whole conversation about grace. That was a whole conversation because wow. he had this works mentality for salvation. And he was like, who can do that? This, and he told hmm. me all about his upbringing that was very hard and harsh. And it was so good and hmm. so convicting. <laughs> <laughs> but and when yeah. you said that, that's the first thing I thought is, okay, sometimes the Lord does that. And so I just wanted to know, have y'all ever had that kind of, I do not want to have these conversation moments, but then the Lord be really faithful in it. Hmm. Never. That's just <laughs> never <laughs> You're right. Oh my gosh. That's happened to me so many times. And that, that's what I love about this is like, we get the honesty, you know, in the Bible, which I always love. Like, yeah, Paul was annoyed. It's not like, oh, Paul was perfectly delighted <laughs> to just patiently navigate this. Yeah. And so then it gives us freedom to be like, okay, well, here we are. We're annoyed. And and Paul had actually a good reason to be annoyed, which maybe sometimes we don't, but, but yeah, I, yeah, I do appreciate that humanity because I definitely feel that. And, you know, I would say many of the conversations I've ended up with in on airplanes were, were like, Oh gosh, no, not right now. And they always were worth having always. Yeah. I feel like sometimes maybe the enemy kind of brings annoyance to keep you, try to keep you from a conversation you really should be having. I hate to oversimplify it like that, but I, I kind of feel like that's happened to me quite a bit Oh yeah, because it's usually in those moments where you're able to really encourage someone in their faith or encourage them toward faith. So, um, so yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. feel like the annoying conversations usually turn out to be the best ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would imagine even living in New York City, you're bumping up against people all the time with opportunities, right? Oh, yes. It is amazing. All (laughs) kinds of things. You just never know what you're going to hear or talk about (laughs) while you're crossing the street. It's pretty fabulous. You should make a coffee table book of just those. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I would buy it. The best was the lady that grabbed my arm and said, you want to help across the street? And usually I say, sure, because it's just fun to talk to somebody across the street. (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah, last week I was walking out here and I got hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, but I was headed to get my nails done and better believe I went and got them done. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding right now? Walking with me. Oh, my gosh. And this way, at this point, you're halfway across yeah, the street. Totally. Like, we're like, please get to the other She's side. like, okay, I'm going to Trader Joe's. Bye. And I was like, oh, my goodness. 
pretty crazy. Uh, I love. I kind of love New York. <laughs> I yeah. so great. We're talking about New York City to be yeah. real specific, and mm-hmm. it is. That's so great. It is. It's definitely. But and those conversations usually aren't very annoying. I'm usually happy to have those just because I want to hear New Yorkers talk. So it makes me very happy. <laughs> but so but you know, if you're going to share anything important, you got to do it quick because everyone moves fast. So you know, yeah. I, I try to get in like. Oh, I'm in seminary or Jesus or something, you know, <laughs> or Jesus or something, or Jesus or something about Jesus as quick as I can. Just so I know they're going to be like, oh, she's a weirdo, you know? but, um, but it's great. It's always fun to, I love this. it. I love <laughs> it too. Well, so this has been so fun. Oh and my gosh. Yes. I was just thinking how great it is that we can talk about something really hard and serious and laugh because the Lord is so good and he um, brings laughter and joy and rejoicing and Mm -hmm. delight in his redemption. Mm. He does. You know, as we reflect on it. So guys, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank Thank you. you Yes. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To learn more about our music, books, merchandise, or when a faithful event will be coming near you, please visit us at faithfulproject.com or follow us on social media at Faithful Project. The Faithful Project is brought to you by Compassion International, Integrity Music, and David C. Cook Publishing. To find out how you can play a vital role in releasing children from poverty, please visit compassion.com slash faithful. Until next time, Now go and speak.